Welcome to Life in Full Expression with me, your host, Beth Wolf. In this show, we will explore, elevate, expand, and learn how to live your best life. Have you ever wondered what it feels like to live your life in full expression or create an expansive vision for your future? Get ready to be energized to fully express yourself. Discover your heart's clarity for dynamic direction and life decisions and develop your unique capabilities so you are delivering your ever-increasing capacities into your world. Join me, Beth Wolf, and unleash the limitless capabilities of your soul, experiencing amazement, collaboration, fun, and purpose. Life in full expression starts now. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited that you are here today. We're going to talk about bringing more of your ideas to life. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I talked about this as well as kind of looking at the environment of your work area, not only on the outside, but the inside of our own mind. And today I want to give you three structures that you need and that I need as well for work success. And, uh, you know, a lot of times as a health, life, and business coach, I talk a lot about being unlimited. Well, there's a really cool statement that a little bit contradicts that by an amazing author, Julia Cameron from the American, she's an American artist, and she wrote the book, The Artist's Way. Maybe you've heard of it before. It's an amazing book to go through. But she says that in limits, there is freedom creativity thrives within structure. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how much freedom we can have by actually having greater structures. And I'm going to break this down today in really looking at it. If you're going to, if you have an idea and you're going to bring it to fruition, it's going to come from your mind and bring into the 3D of reality. It is going to take us some sustained and focused extended work time. And one of the biggest keys for you and I to be able to maintain the focus and effort actually needed for us to see these ideas through and to completion is structure. So in this episode, I'm going to break it down into three basic ideas of structure. We're going to start with large structure systems. Then I'm going to talk about medium sized structures like the projects, action steps that you get to take. And then the small structures, which is our personal work habits. So we get to use all of these and building these structures into our work routine. And it's going to help us make our work life greater efficiency and ultimately more productive. Now, this life is all about life in full expression in seven dimensions of wellness. And we're going to touch base on the environmental dimension as well as the occupational dimension today. So environmental dimension, a quick review is that it's the impact your world has on your well-being and the impact you have on not only your world outside of you, the Gaia Earth, your community, your home, your social environment. And then the occupational dimension is where you and I get to build healthy habits and skills that enable you to harmonize your work and life dimensions Ideally, you contribute your unique skills and talents that are rewarding in many ways. So we're going to look and spend most of our time in those two dimensions today. So starting off in this first segment of this episode today, systems and structures to win your day every day. And I 
just signed up with an amazing mentor myself. I pretty much am always in some kind of coaching. So, cause I like the structure. I, you know, I know that it takes a mentor and the structure of that mentor and the accountability and also the encouragement that I need to take some ideas that I have and put them into 3D reality. So systems are powerful because they give you a consistent, repeatable process you can use for any project to be predictably turn your ideas into reality. So that's the power of having a system. And we know that what you are really interested in is your work and the outcome you're trying to produce, but spending some time to focus on the process and get it right ensures that you get the right outcomes more consistently. So let's take a look at the big picture systems and structures first, and you can use to really make yourself highly productive. The first one um, you may be aware of, number one is do you know when your best hours are for you to work? For example, this is a crucial, crucial part of your work system. It involves making sure that you consistently work at your best hours. I don't think I really had a knowledge of this until about 10 years ago, but I did have a knowledge about it when it came to my actual physical workouts. Like my favorite time to work out is about 11 a.m. in the morning. I had my quiet time. I've done some great appreciation and journaling, um, had got myself hydrated really well, done some little stretching. I like to do that as well. And, and then um, my body feels more awake and I'm ready to go work out. But I didn't really pay attention to when is the best hours for my mind and my body to work. So for most people, maybe non-teenagers in any way, is this time is early morning. So you wanna make sure that you set up your days so you start early and block out at least three hours of no or minimal distractions so you can get an early jump on your most important project of the day. Mind you, you're doing this because you have a project that you actually want it to come into reality. So unless you're really setting aside time, which I'm gonna talk about a little bit more, um, this project isn't gonna get off the ground. Many people have also massively increased the amount of quality work they get done by making one simple change. And, uh, you know, Dave Metzler talks about this on his podcast and all over his social media is he talks about getting up early and you could get up anywhere from a half hour to an hour earlier and get started on their day. And sometimes people will say, I just, I just can't do that, Dave. So he says, well, what about if you go to bed two minutes earlier and get up two minutes earlier? And if you do that every day within, you know, a year, you've really made a difference on how much earlier you'd like to go to bed and how much earlier you'd like to get up. So that's one solution is two minutes earlier, you go to bed, two minutes earlier, you wake up in the morning. And of course, if you're one of those rare people whose best work hours are in the evening or some other time of the day, the advice still holds. Consistently work at your best hours, whatever they are. So you may not be that early morning person. You might be a late evening person. Some people actually work well at both ends of the day. Um, they have those early chunks in the morning and then they have those late chunks in the evening. 
All right, number two part of the big structure system is not only do you need to block off your best hours for your most important work, but you need to schedule all your time blocks. Now, block off your creative project work time first for this project that you have. It's important to you. You want to get it off the ground. You actually want to share it with the people of your community or the world. So it's important that you do that. And then you schedule other tasks such as meetings around the project work, not the other way around. So make sure also that you block off personal self-care time and some fun and some family time too. So that time is protected because you want to have a harmonious life. It's not all about getting this project off the ground. And this pretty much means that you might have every hour of the day kind of blocked off as you are basically launching this idea into reality. Remember, this kind of structure is going to bring you freedom. So the key is use the time for the reason you scheduled it. Do you ever find this? Sometimes I have definitely done this, that I'll schedule time to work on a project and then I allow myself to get distracted and I delay my, my project. And a lot of times the reason why we're doing that is it's new. We're on an edge of an unknown. We haven't done it before. And our mind is almost kind of fighting us a little bit because it doesn't know. But uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about some strategies that will help you with that. So for example, if someone calls and asks if you can schedule time during a period you've scheduled for your creative work time, because you know this is going to happen, you just say, my apologies, I have an appointment at that time, can we schedule it at, and then give them some options. Again, you don't need to explain to them that, oh, that's my scheduled project time and so I can't let anything interrupt it. Just keep it short and simple. My apologies, I have an appointment at that time. Um, can we schedule it maybe there? Uh, another one you might run into if someone wants you to meet during the time you scheduled for a family get together. Again, you can just say, hey, I have an appointment then. Let's find a time that works for both of us. And I'm gonna encourage you that as you're launching this idea, you get to be ruthless with this. It may feel awkward at first, but the system only works if you follow through. So some people balk at being so structured. I definitely have had this feeling and this emotion with structure and with scheduling. But um, one of an amazing podcast host and founder of the unmistakable media, Servana Roa says, professionals create on a schedule. Amateurs wait to be inspired. And he also says, even on his LinkedIn page, I like this as I did some research about him, about how to increase your productivity by expressing creativity. He says this, it's tempting to look at creativity as something that's only reserved for artists or the creative types within an organization. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, oh, I'm not creative. But we all are, we're all creating during the day. Well, Rail goes on to say that the modern workplace has been described by many as an interruption factory. 
that is doing great damage to our attention spans and costing us billions of dollars in lost productivity. In a world fueled by sources of distraction, expressing creativity can have a profound impact on our productivity. Now, in my previous episode, in episode 35, I talked about the squirrel factor and that if we are consistently getting interrupted, our mind, it takes it time to actually refocus and get back on task. So you can see that this interruption factory is a real thing of what he's talking about. All right, let's go to number three about the big systems is creating a morning routine. And I would even encourage an evening routine as well. Almost all highly productive, creative people have a morning routine that supports and prepares them for their work day. And morning routines vary from person to person, but some items many people include are reading over their goals or their intentions for the day. It's like giving yourself a direction, um, spending some time writing in gratitude, appreciation, uh, exercising, maybe doing some kind of yoga, stretching. And I like this idea of watching a funny video to put yourself in a positive mood to start the day. I, I thought that was a great idea. Now, one morning habit deserves special attention, including mindfulness practice in your morning routine, even if it's just for 15 minutes. It will not only prepare you to focus on your upcoming work, but it will also help you develop your ability to focus longer stretches of time. And so for this reason, I highly recommend making mindfulness practice part of your morning routine. It's a great investment in yourself. And one of the ways that I love to do that is uh, I follow a couple apps. I love the meditations that are in there. They have binaural beats. They have certain wavelengths that I can decide on, certain mantras and subliminal messages that I'll listen to. And uh, I love to start my morning like that as well. Now, number four is plan your work and then work your plan. Another system you need to put in place is the practice of planning your days in advance. And we talked a little bit about scheduling things in advance um, in a previous episode, but that was talking about, we're talking about big chunks of time. Blocks of time for creative work, meetings, families, time like sleep, what I was talking about. But here we're talking about planning the specific activities within those bigger blocks. For example, your to-do list, so to speak. And so you can do this either at the end of the previous day. Like I said, a evening routine can be just as important as your morning routine. So whichever one fits your personality best, and let's say you don't even know, you're like, I, I haven't even done that before, Beth. Do a seven day experiment. Do one that you have a evening routine and uh, then the next seven days do a morning routine and see which one really helps you the best and just try it on. That's one way that you can do things is just tell your subconscious mind, we're gonna do a little experiment. So, um, Finding that some people are going to prefer having the list already written up so they can just start in it on right in the morning. It's all written down there while others actually like to have making the list in the morning part of the routine. And I remember when I was in clinical practice and seeing patients all day when 
I was in sports medicine and occupational medicine is that I would get all the patient's charts the evening before and I would look through all of them. This is what served me the best is so that I had an idea of who was coming in to see me, um, where they were in their protocol and where I would like to take them next. And so I was pretty much ready when they came in. And um, as each patient came in, we'd always do little tweaks here and there, how they did from their previous um, appointment. But I love that. I love preparing the night before. And so I was ready to go in the morning. So obviously when you and I make our plan for the day, we wanna prioritize the major projects and exclude time-wasting activities. And I'm gonna go into some of the important details on how to structure your days for maximum productivity. I'm gonna give you a little bit of ideas right here in this episode, and we'll get into those. But for now, I just want you to comprehend, understand, absorb that people who get things done make a list and live by that list. And one of the mentors that I've spent time with in my training is that she would tell me, you could allow yourself to move it three times, but after you've moved something three times in your list or your schedule, you might wanna step back and go, what's going on here? Is it something that is truly not serving me or am I simply delaying and distracting from getting it done? Like I'm a little bit, it's just feeling hard. It's, um, it's in the unknown. I haven't done it before. That might be it. So ask yourself that. The other part of it is of getting things done is you make sure that you systemize the planning of your days in advance. And so third, it actually becomes a habit. And I would allow yourself telling yourself to really celebrate the little wins as you create this in your life and um, give yourself that momentum. Um, one of the things that I love to do in the evening as a practice that has really served me in the past is I'll just write down uh, the wins that I had through the day and so that I'm actually falling asleep in a really good momentum and that I wake up with that momentum versus falling asleep remembering everything that I didn't get done and kind of reprimanding myself before I actually fall asleep. So we're going to take a short break now that we've learned some of the components of a large system about bringing your ideas to life and how structure is really a, a great, um, amazing thing for you to have freedom even in a greater aspect. So after this break, I'm going to share with you the small part of it where personal work habits will really ensure your success. So make sure you got a notepad for this next section. We're going to take a short break and after this, we'll come back and I'll share some personal work habits with you. You're driven and it totally shows. Your career is taking off, you're killing it in the mom game, but did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to Boss Up Babes, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. 
every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. Tune in to The Unlimited Mindset, how to have more success, time, freedom, and peace of mind every first and third Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Your host, Camilla Kahlberg, helps you create a great life in an easier way. Learn the why, what, and how of conscious awareness. Shift what no longer serves you. Camilla knows firsthand what results you can achieve when you commit yourself. To learn more, visit Kahlberg Coaching. Are you living life in full expression? Join me, Beth Wolf, on Life in Full Expression each Monday at noon Pacific time on TransformationTalkRadio.com to learn how to explore, elevate, expand, and live your best life. Discover the seven dimensions of life blueprint of expression. Get ready to fully express, develop your limitless capacity, and experience amazement to become an igniter and inspire. Visit BethWolf.com to discover the dynamic coaching of life and Imagine what it would be like to turn your pain into purpose. Tune in to Transformation with Martinet every second and fourth Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Martinet and her guests are here shining their lights today through empowering stories of hardship and transformation. Begin to see your life in a new light. Visit MartineEmmons.com and tune in every second and fourth Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific to Transformation with Martinet. What does it feel like to be tangled up in knots? Find out how to get untangled on the hit show Untangled and Free with Joan on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We all have knots and tangles, knots in your finances, your relationships, your beliefs. Which one do you want to pick up today and untangle? As Joan guides you on a pathway of freedom to live an untangled life of peace, love, joy, abundance, and more. Visit MindfulnessWithJoan.com and get untangled today. Welcome back, you guys, to this episode about really what does it look like to bring your ideas to life? And we're talking about three parts of structuring your your life to really bring this project into reality. And in the first part of this episode, I talked about large structures. Well, this one, uh, I want to go to the small part of the system and look at personal work habits that are going to ensure success for you and I. So. While you can use systems like those we just covered a, to structure the big chunks of your day, there's still a lot of wiggle room, right? To be either more or less focused and more or less productive with your work time within the larger structure. So this is really cool. I'm gonna give you three habits that you can actually begin to incorporate right today. And um, I'm gonna start off with um, a little bit of uh, from Brian Tracy's book on um, Eat the Frog, uh, basically number one habit, eat that frog. We talked about planning your days in advance and prioritizing your primary tasks. That's really what it's about is when you do your planning and I do it, one of the best habits you can cultivate is to schedule your biggest, most important and scariest task first thing in the morning or like we talked about, if you're a worker that's more in the evening, your top work time is in the evening, that when you sit down in the evening, 
you're taking on that biggest, most important task to start off with. And you do everything you can to stick to that task until it's done before tackling anything else. So this is really a part of training. Um, it, it reminds me in essence that if we're learning any kind of new um, skill, I was athletic person for a long time and it's just like learning a new skill no matter what sport you're in. You just stick with it until you've got the feel of it and the completion of it. So the business consultant and author Brian Tracy calls this approach eat that frog, which comes from the saying, if you eat a live frog first thing in the morning, nothing else you do that day will be as hard. Um, and it's a version I actually found that um, Mark Twain used that quote a long time ago as well. So if you want to know more about this by Brian Tracy, he goes into uh, detail on why this habit is one of the best ones you can develop in his book. It's called Eat the Frog get more of the important things done today. And, you know, just in that habit alone, it just gives you such momentum and a sense of accomplishment that you have tackled that big, hairy, scary task to start with, that it just sends you off in a great momentum for the day. All right, number two for your personal habits that you wanna incorporate is single handling. That's what we're gonna call. It's another key habit to develop if you want to be someone who consistently executes on his or her idea is single handling, which means that as much as possible, once you and I start a task, you stick with it until it's complete before shifting to something else. Yeah, before you shift to something else. Single handling is actually the opposite of um, what I used to think was kind of cool that I could do and I thought I was doing is called multitasking, which makes you feel productive when really you get less done, your work is of poor quality. And I talk, I go into this a little bit more detail about how our mind works um, when we are actually not really multitasking. Um, it's really, we're in a temptation to switch tasks instead of sticking with the current task. Again, I, I think of athletics or a skill set that you have, your mind just really loves the flow and ease of things. So when there's new neurosynapses wiring and firing and all together, um, that, you know, that takes it definitely sticking with the task and not being tempted to move over to something that might be easier. Like, you know, if you play basketball and super easy to dribble with your right hand, but when you go to your left hand, it wasn't as much as enjoyable and natural unless you kept doing it a lot. So maybe you hit a snag, okay? You got your project, you hit a snag where your ideas or the words you need they're just not coming. So in a, such a challenging situation, which we're going to, we're going to encounter this, your brain will actually look for other tasks it can do that aren't as difficult. Now, one of the defaults that I go to is I'll just start scheduling in my calendar and I'll start filling in things. Um, anything that has to do with organization, it's easy for me. I like it. Uh, so that's where my brain will go sometimes. So if it sees one, 
it will nudge you to switch to the easier task. So by you having the knowledge of this, that your brain's going to do that, you're definitely in a better frame of mind. Like, all right, I know what my brain's doing here. I, I got this covered. So the bottom line is don't fall for it. By now you know that task switching always involves a certain amount of lost momentum, lost focus, and ultimately lost productivity. So instead, I'm going to invite you to develop a habit of feeling like you're being pulled through this challenge, not being pushed through it, but that you're being pulled actually from your vision, from your dream, from the project that as if it has already been completed. And so you may sit there for a minute or two, maybe even five, before you break through and come up with the answer you were looking for. And when you do, you feel great and you'll be able to continue right on with your task. So if you had given in to that temptation to switch tasks, the challenging part of your original task, well, it's still going to be sitting there undone when you get the nerve to return to it. So developing the habit of sticking to a task when you hit a hard spot is one of the best habits you can develop to become a productive, creative worker, the single handling. All right, technique number three is called the Pomodoro technique. And in the previous two sections, we add, I basically advocated for you starting your work days with your biggest, hairiest challenge, eat the frog and then sticking with it till it's complete called single handling but that doesn't mean that once you sit down in your chair or you know you're at a stand-up desk like i have right now that you can't get up and take a break now and then so in fact trying to actually push yourself to focus for hours straight is a recipe for frustration declining productivity and eventual burnout Instead, many highly productive people have found that a rhythmic approach to work is more productive than trying to grind through hours nonstop. A periodic break allows you to reset both mentally and physically. So the most popular rhythmic workflow might be the Pomodoro technique that was developed by an Italian, Francisco Cerullo, in the 1980s. And while he was a student, college, you know, college student at the time, he was having trouble staying focused and getting his studies done. To force himself to stay focused, he took a small kitchen timer he had and set it for a short time. And then he forced himself to work till the timer went off. And after playing around with various lengths of time for both his work periods and his rest periods, guess how much time he settled into? 25 minutes of work time, followed by a short break, two to five minutes. The technique is called the Pomodoro technique, and basically it all started with a uh, kitchen timer. So this is something that you could try out, that you could consider a little bit of a, uh, a tip for you that could help you from those distractions. And the breaks are intended to be refreshing. Remember, just two to five minutes allowing you to refocus when you return to, you know, um, your work. So either stepping outside, um, a lot of times I'll do a little qigong or stretching or just, 
you know, some breathing, jumping up and down. Maybe you go out, you know, pet your dog or pet your cat. Um, but the main thing is when you have that two to five minutes break, it's not about checking your social email or your phone or your, yeah, you just stay away from that for your, um, basically the pomodoro breaks. So doing so you, by doing that, you might get stuck in some kind of Google or social media rabbit hole before you know it, your break is too long and that's not good. So one of the things that one of my mentors gave me when I went to training is I'll bring it up here in front of the camera. If you're watching me live is, um, an hourglass. And, uh, a lot of times I'll use this. This is, this is more than 25 minutes, but, um, when I really want to focus on a task, I'll just put this hourglass in front of me and I'm like, I'm working until that sand is all in the other end of that hourglass. So I want to give you a little bit of an exercise that you could do this next week, some questions that you could begin to make this happen in your life. So right now, after you get done listening to this podcast, look back at your work days over the past one or two weeks. Hopefully you've had, you know, good memory and you've kept some notes on what you did each day and assess yourself based on the three habits that I've covered so far. So you could ask yourself this question, how often did you start your workday with the most important, most challenging task? Second question, how often did you put that task off and start with easier, less important work? All right, next one. When did you tackle an important work task? Did you consistently stick with that task and work on it till you completed it? Or did you multitask your way through it? Okay. And then finally, how did you structure your work stretches and breaks? Did you use consistent timing and rhythm as in the Pomodoro technique? Maybe you've got some other technique that you're using. Or did you, it was really, you work more haphazardly going till you were tired or your thinking was getting fuzzy before taking a break. So there's some questions and I want to invite you to just write a short reflection about the work habits you exhibited during these weeks and how you think you might be able to improve your workflow and productivity moving forward. So there's some great reflective questions on those three personal habits within a small structure system that's going to create greater freedom for you is really looking at how often did you eat the frog or didn't and um, how often did you single handedly do something and how often did you take breaks? Was there a rhythmic to it or did you find that when you were taking breaks, they were too long? and um, they put you back into social media. So I know one of the things that if you're a person that's working a lot on a computer, it's great for your eyes to actually go out and focus for long distance. Like if you see, I live in the Pacific Northwest, so you know, find a distant tree that you could focus on or even a distant cloud, that's really great for your eyes as well. Um, another one that will rest your eyes and you can do in a two to five minute break is just putting your hands over your eyes in complete darkness and leaving your hands cupped over your eyes for two minutes. And that's a great restoration for your eyes too. So you could do those kind of things during the break. 
All right, speaking of break, we're going to take one more break in this episode. And when I come back, I'm going to give you some action steps for your successful projects. We're going to do that. All right, let's go for this short break and I'll be right back after this message. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion with me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Are you living life in full expression? Join me, Beth Wolf, on Life in Full Expression each Monday at noon Pacific time on TransformationTalkRadio.com to learn how to explore, elevate, expand, and live your best life. Discover the seven dimensions of life blueprint of expression. Get ready to fully express, develop your limitless capacity, and experience amazement to become an igniter and inspire. Visit BethWolf.com to discover the dynamic coaching of life in Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Do you feel stuck in a system that seems broken? Are you longing to have meaning in your life? Tune in to Banking on Burlesque, the propelling point of change with me, Lana Montrese, every fourth Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Navigate into a world of sparkle, wonder, and a lifetime of magical change as you discover a way to heal that you never thought possible. For more information, visit LanaMontrese.com. That's LanaMontrese.com. Welcome back, you amazing people. Today, I'm talking about structure your work for success, if I can get that word out. There it is. And really giving you ideas about um, helpful, large, small, and medium systems to really help bring uh, your ideas to life, to take a project and bring it into reality. So in this last segment, I wanna share with you about some action steps for successful projects. And if you, you know, even with, if you take some of these ideas, if not most of these ideas that I've talked about today, and then go back and listen to um, episode 35, this, you're going to be miles ahead. You can see that this incredible development of structure is really going to help get things going and get it off the ground. 
Basically, you'll have organized your workspace, you've reduced distractions in your environment. This is from episode 35. You've structured your days so that you're working during your best work hours. We talked about that today. And you're working on your biggest, most important projects right now out of the gate of each day or that evening hour that is really best for you. And you've begun to develop the habit of working on the task till it's completed with stretches of focused work interspersed with some great breaks. So you could use the kitchen timer of 25 minutes, um, you know, even using your watch and say, hey Siri, set the watch for 25 minutes. Hopefully that won't go off right now on my Apple watch. <laughs> Anyways, most people never get this organized or focused, but even if you're doing everything listed above, guess what you guys? it may still not guarantee your success completely for this creative project. So let me give you a few more systems for you. Between the big things that I started with and then the little, littler structures, the smaller ones, which are your personal work habits, there are, there really, there are other important medium-sized project-based actions that you can take to ensure you get your ideas developed and executed efficiently, that you're discovering, developing, and delivering them. So building these actions into your project workflow will really put your productivity over the top. So you ready for these? All right, let's take some notes on this. Let's look at several such approaches. So number one, introducing to you is the action method. Um, one of the books that I recommend is One Habit by Scott Belsky in Making Ideas Happen is called The Action Method. It's a great resource book. He has wonderful, wonderful ideas in there. And what he recommends is separating out everything having to do with a project into three categories. So number one, action steps. Number two might be references. And then number three, back burner. So um, let me go into those just a little bit more. He says that action steps are the specific steps that you need to be done to realize the project. References are pieces related information that could prove useful for your project. And then back burner items are project related ideas or action steps that aren't immediately relevant but you may become so in the future. Yeah, so you've got them on the back burner. And the reason for taking a few moments, um, according to him, to separate everything out, having to do with the project into these three categories is that people often waste a lot of time, I can so relate to this, reading and rereading reference materials and thinking about aspects of the project that aren't central to its execution, instead of just getting on with the important steps that actually do move the project forward. It kind of reminds me of this experiment that a professor did with um, uh, two groups of students in a psychology class, and they were both assigned to basically make and create a, a pottery pot. And one group could actually do all the reading and studying and references on how to make one great pot. And they only were able to make one great pot in that semester. 
The other one, they could do reading, but they could throw as many pots as they wanted to. Well, you're probably guessing that at the end of the semester, who had the best pot looking pot, ceramic pot, was the ones that threw it. They actually stepped into the action and did the important steps versus rereading and rereading about references on there. So the goal should be to spend more time working as much as possible only on action steps. Doing so is going to assure that you don't waste time doing busy work and doesn't get the main job done. And this also might be part of your mind actually delaying and distracting on really eating the frog first. You know, like they're even within your project, there's going to be, you know, those hairy, scary things that are just unknown to you. Um, but they could also not just be hairy, you know, scary to you. They could be exciting. And maybe you're a person that really likes the unknowns. So it could be that too. All right. Now within the medium structures, number two is set deadlines. Another habit that's crucial for developing ideas is setting deadlines. And this is specifically important for sole entrepreneurs. That would be me who don't have anyone else to hold them accountable unless I actually hire a mentor or a coach, which I do on a regular basis. It's too easy in this situation to be busy and feel like you're doing good work, but not actually be moving the project forward consistently. So right now I actually have 20 entrepreneurial businesses in a business series of courses. And so I'm actually their accountability of helping them discover, develop and deliver greater projects for them. And it's exciting seeing what they're learning through all these coursework. So undoubtedly getting into the habit of setting and meeting deadlines will have a powerful effect on your work. But deadlines can be a little bit tricky. Let's face it, when you and I might set a deadline, you're really just guessing at how long the task will take to complete because you haven't done it before. So I'm inviting you and myself to be a little bit flexible and use some common sense. If a major snag occurs during the task, you have to order another reference source or and it's going to take two days to arrive, for example, or something, you know, something like that. You and I need to adjust on the fly for that. And so here are a couple strategies that you might consider when setting or working toward your deadlines. Since projects often take longer than we think they will when we first set our deadlines, one approach is to build in buffers of extra time into the project schedule from the outset. Acknowledging upfront that your initial thoughts about how long the project should take may be a little off and building in little cushion keeps the subtle pressure of a deadline in place, but it sets deadlines that feel less threatening. On the other hand, others have found that by imposing tighter false constraints on a project step. Something is due two days from now, let's say, but you shoot to have it done by lunchtime today. Pumps up motivation and can sometimes move the entire project timeline forward. I think of this sometimes where you like have some kind of gamification or something like that in your project that might be going on with your team. 
And of course you can combine these approaches, take your initial guess at the project timeline, then build in some buffer time before committing the deadlines to paper or a digital document. And then when you're feeling a little extra pumped up to tackle a step, that's when you set yourself a false constraint to get that step done ahead of schedule. And if you achieve this goal, you can then bump up the entire remaining project timeline up by the amount of time you saved. And this approach adds a bit of a, like I said, a game-like feel for your work. And it might be fun and a little bit more motivating. Another component in these medium structures is take action, even small actions daily. Not new information, yet are we doing it? So no matter if you have a deadline looming or not, one of the most important things you can do is to complete small daily actions. Momentum is all about consistency. So even if you have a day where three quarters of that day is going to be taken up with meetings or travel or something else, make sure that you don't blow off the remaining one quarter that you use it. Rather, really to get at least one small step completed on the current project, even small steps add up. Next thing, next strategy, mark your calendar. Um, one other project step that many people find highly motivating is simply productivity hack, putting X's on a calendar to track your progress. Maybe you've heard of this trick um, by the comedian Jerry Seinfeld who shared with a young comic how he uses this hack to make sure he stays motivated to write every day. So here's how Seinfeld uses it. He gets a big wall calendar that has an entire year on a single sheet of paper and hangs this calendar next to his desk. And every day he gets his writing in, he takes a red magic marker and makes a big fat X over that day. And after a few days, he has a chain of red X's and every day his chain grows longer by adding another X. And this really gives him motivation and it gets stronger to keep that chain going. And so his advice from Jerry Seinfeld is don't break the chain. Now you can actually modify Seinfeld's technique to match your work, but the overall approach is, is what's important. One of the things I notice when I'm doing my Peloton workouts is I am not doing a workout every day, seven days a week. But what I love that they keep track of in Peloton is that my weeks are consistent. You know, I'll say, okay, you've worked out 10 weeks in a row. And I'm like, that really, that really helps me. So this is another way where, you know, here's Peloton using gamification and not breaking the chain that for 10 weeks in a row, I have worked out consistently every week. So that's another way that you could look at it. So you're not hitting every day. Maybe your, um, your chain is to mark off, um, you know, three days a week. All right, next up, blessed are the flexible. To this point, we've given you a number of concrete steps to take and make your work efficient and productive. But no matter how organized you get and no matter how many productive work habits you develop, there are still going to be times when you and I might struggle. And so for such times, there's an old saying that might be helpful. Blessed are the flexible, for they won't get bent out of shape. 
we, I really, we want to bring this up. So you don't understand that, that you're understanding that within all the structure we're giving you and that I'm giving you today, you still need to stay flexible when the work isn't flowing. And sometimes to be maximally productive, um, we need to get up and take a walk or move on to a different part of the project or even switch off to another project entirely. Um, though don't try to juggle too many at once. Um, to give yourself a mental break from time to time, um, that's a good idea. Once you feel refreshed and you're ready to tackle the original task again, you simply pick up where you left off. And you wanna develop the ability to really allow yourself to be pulled through these challenges and develop that consistency and that resiliency um, but don't be stubborn about it, all right? Next one is don't go it alone. Our final and my final recommendation for your project work is to be sure to build in a feedback loop at several key points during your project. And if you work with a team to execute ideas, whether the team is internal to your company or external, you'll have feedback built into the progress and the process. But if you're a sole entrepreneur like me, and you're used to doing everything yourself, that's a habit that we might wanna break. And I've already begun to hire some people to help me with that. And so you may feel like the idea it might be your baby and that no one will understand it and give it to the attention it needs as well as you do. And that may be true initially. That being said though, seeking and accepting and using feedback is the mark of a true professional because it says that it's more important that the project gets developed to the highest potential than it is that you're in total control of every step. So I wanna recap here really about um, what we've learned in this episode that we've looked at several ways you can be productive. We've divided these into big things, systems, small things, your personal work habits, and medium-sized things, your project steps. So um, go back, listen to this episode, get those things in line, and important project steps are going to include spending that bulk of your project time on action steps, setting deadlines, keeping track of the progress, and establishing a feedback loop. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Life in Full Expression, where we spent time in the occupational and environmental dimension. And keep asking those powerful questions because they will bring powerful answers. I'll see you next Monday on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Thanks for tuning in to Life in Full Expression with me, Beth Wolf. Tune in each Monday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Be your most elevated self and pursue a path of fulfillment, clarity, expansion, fun, and live in your best life. If you would like to discover the seven dimensions of your life blueprint of expression, to fully express yourself, reveal your heart's clarity for dynamic direction, and activate your unique capability, visit BethWolf.com. That's Beth, W-O-L-F-E.com. Views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers.